Well, hi there, everyone. Welcome to episode 53 of the Finger Guns podcast. My name is Roscoe. How are you doing? How I'm joined by Mr. Paul Collett. Hi, buddy. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm okay. I'm in such pain at the moment. It's driving me wild. So uh, I'm not dying. And <laughs> the, weather, the sun's been nice. You know, all good. It's a nice uplifting start to the podcast. Oh, yeah, I know. I've had such a bad week. You have no idea. But uh, yeah, all good. Grand. Mr. Sean Davies. Howdy. Howdy, howdy, howdy. 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 <laughs> How are you, mate? Every time. Every time. Uh, I, am, I am well. I am full of uh, turkey dinner. And I watched Knives Out with the wife today. How good and is Knives Out? Such a good film. Such a good film. I'm disappointed I've taken this long to watch it, to be honest. Um, yeah, right. Such a really good film. And um, really, really yeah, good. yeah. Uh, other than that, I am grand. Good old Ryan Johnson. Big fan of his earlier work, like that that, uh, that Star Wars he made. Yeah, yeah. The the Force Awakens. No, no, it wasn't that one. No, it was the <laughs> the really really good one in the middle. Oh, dear, dear. Yeah. Rise of Star Skywalker. I just can't remember. Nah, it's the other one. I can't. Remember. <laughs> Let's not mention it at all and just move <laughs> on. <laughs> and finally, joining us directly from somewhere that I will refer to now as an undisclosed location because I realized I was just about to say where he was live on the podcast. Mr. Greg Hicks. <laughs> You're about to give away what I'm doing. I'm not doing any like top secret government work. I just don't want to get in trouble. Oh, yeah, I'm, oh. On, I'm on a break at work at the moment, so I'm currently sat near an empty operating theater so yeah i'm just popping in for the intro how are you mate um, yeah not too bad i had a i did a britney and shaved my hair yesterday we saw if you go to greg's uh, twitter at gregaton bomb you'll see greg looking like a uh, looking like a seven-year-old it's awesome <laughs> well a very, a very uh, slim a very lean tattooed seven-year-old but yeah no my, my logic was because we're wearing ppe and hats and stuff because i can't get my hair cut normally for a while somebody had their clippers in and they were doing someone's hair, and I was like, oh, fuck it, just do mine. And yeah, so I've got a nice grade three all over. Nice. It looks great. I've got, I've got really thick hair, so it just gets hot. So I just thought, now nah, if I'm going to be doing this kind of work for a while, so off it comes. Thank you for your yeah. service. <laughs> I, I want to see you get down to number one. Number three, that's a wimp's, wimp's grade, that is. Go down all the way down to number one. You've got the <laughs> tattoos, skinhead, you know. No, because if I go out for any exercise, I'm going to look like a fucking burglar. Yes. Got tatt- tattoos that's in the skin. Ex- that's not the. Uh, you know. That's exactly my plan. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Greg can't be here this week. Podcast because he's been nicked. <laughs> but... I actually had my hair shaved to number one before. Sean, would be so proud of me. Well done, buddy. Well done. Never again, that. No. <laughs> no, I don't even use the the gauges on the clippers anymore. I just go straight with the raw clipper. Off it comes. <laughs> God, we're oh, cool. It's got to be done. Good side tracking. Good <laughs> side tracking. Otherwise, otherwise, yeah, I'm all right. Good. <laughs> I'm really glad about that. Uh, right then, let's jump into what we've been playing. We haven't got a guest this week, I'm afraid. You're just stuck with us a lot. So, uh, given the fact that he's making practically a special guest appearance this week, great case. What have you been playing this week? Uh, I've been. I actually have finished Resident Evil Three four times this week. Whoa! Nice work. Yeah. Well, it is only an hour and a half long if you know what you're doing. Ah, in your face, Capcom. Yeah, I mean, I, I I tried to be sort of pros and cons in my review, but like I said, it's a very short game. But if you if you want to grind out the extra stuff, it's good. And I've got two trophies left to get on it. I've done the hardest difficulty ones, which is so much easier when you've got an infinite rocket launcher. And it makes me feel <laughs> better. It makes me feel better because I've earned that in game. I didn't do like last year's one and spend real money to to cheat my way through. I've actually earned that. So the fact that I can do the hardest difficulties with an infinite rocket launcher 
I'm like, yeah, fine, crack on. So, yeah, two trophies left to do on that. So played that through a few times. Uh, I've still been playing some Grand Blue Fantasy Versus, which is an absolutely beautiful beat-em-up from Arc Systems. I've uh, got a review. will be coming hopefully this week. I'm just doing night shifts at the moment, so my writing productivity is just nosedive. And I've also been playing the Almighty Final Fantasy VII Part 1 of probably seven at this rate. Um, I'm, I'm loving it. There are a few sort of... They're not negatives, but there's like endearing charms in there, which I think make it. But Ross is going to give my full impressions of that later on. So, yeah, that's been my week. I'm unfortunately been working pretty much all this weekend. And on that wonderful segue, I think it's my turn to go back to work. So, uh, okay. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming down, Greg. That's all right. Uh, sorry, it's not a full one. And I'm, I'm looking forward to listening to the quiz afterwards. I'm going to assume that I would have won. So. <laughs> yeah, you probably would have. <laughs> oh, I, I am picked... I am I actually am I ducking out of a, a decent one? No, I, I picked a topic specifically because I know that you wouldn't win. I, I picked a subject that I both <laughs> I both know that no, I, I picked a subject that Greg and Paul that I know them uh, have have both played a lot of. So I it would it wouldn't be one of those ones that where somebody's just sitting there moaning about the topic. So yeah, we, mm. we shall see. Well, I, I'm looking forward to listening to whoever wins it, and I hope it's a fair fight. <laughs> See you later, Greg. Thanks for coming. And on that note, I will uh, catch you all in the week. <laughs> we'll do. Take it easy, buddy. Oi. Toodles. All right. Mr. Paul Collins, what have you been playing this week? As usual, not a lot. But I, was, I did manage to squeeze in a little bit of Anthem, uh, which, well, you know, is Anthem. I have played a little bit of Shadow of Colossus because it's on PlayStation Plus. And I sort of turned it on, and then I turned it off immediately because I thought, no. I, I had a game of um, A Way Out with my buddy. We were going through that. And that's the game that just keeps on giving, I've got to say. I mean, we got out of prison. We thought, that's it. Short game. But that's fine. We got out of prison. But no, no, no. You now have to escape. And we've escaped. We thought, well, that's it. We've escaped. But oh, no, no. It keeps on giving. And we was welcomed when we played it the other night to an open world car chase and uh, some rowing down some, uh, like, rapids. You have to like row in time with each other and stuff like that, and it's fucking brilliant. Such a good game, and it's way more of a game than I thought it would be. You know, you just assume you just get out of prison, and you've done it, but now you've got to go and uh, continue the story onwards. And it's um, it's a, it's a great good laugh, and I think it's discounted at the moment. Not sure, um, but if it is discounted, I heartily recommend everyone pick it up. All right, thanks, man. Yeah, that's all right, man. What's your problem with Shadow of Colossus? All right, I turned it on and he's just like flapping around. I was like, oh dear. I mean, it looks amazing. The remake is unbelievable, but uh, it's just the control rise. They didn't update the controls like Shenmue. Mew. Shenmue. They kind of, you know, they haven't really done much with the controls. It's still a uh, control scheme from 10 years ago or something. And it just didn't, didn't really sit comfortably with me. And I just kind of I thought I didn't like it because of that, which is maybe lame, but, you know, what I'm like. My kids are currently playing Shadow of the Colossus. But they're better people than me, surely. You get, like, they are on the 8th Colossus now? Okay. And... I'll be honest, that game is like brilliant for kids. Like the 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 problem solving, like the environmental design and the problem solving, it's just brilliant. They really enjoy it. So yeah. And oh, don't get me wrong, I'm sure it's absolutely, you know. I, I played the first game uh, when it first came out on PS2 and I got quite far on it. I enjoyed it. But then I thought I've got a remake and yes, it looks beautiful, but it still doesn't it still feels like the same game I played ten years ago without it being updated. So I, I was expecting maybe it's my, my fault. I was expecting much more of a like a revamp, like, you know, a new control system, new controls and all that. But it didn't feel like that. It just felt like a, a spit and polish. So you know, I was fair enough. But um, yeah, I might pick up again. I might have been in a bad mood. But there you go. 
William or not, you know what I mean? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, poor show. Right. Mr. Sean Davies, what have you been playing this week, sir? I finally, after six years of trying, got the Platinum Trophy in Lego Hobbit. Hey, well done, uh, sir. And thank you. Bravo. Thank you. That takes me to 174. And, yeah. That... <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> the only two Lego games I don't have, well, three Lego games, is... Um, Lego Worlds, which I don't think I ever will platinum. Lego Dimensions, which I need to ask you a question about. Do you know? Do you know all the level packs? Do they have their own trophy lists? They do, yeah, but they're then they don't count towards the platinum. No, so like the the DLC trophy, like is it like a couple of bronze medals? Bronze, golds, yeah, oh, major. Okay, that's going to be expensive then. And don't do it, John. Don't do it. I believe in you. <laughs> I've got I've got the game. Right? I've, I've got the base game, and I really I, I've been putting it off but i just know that once i start it i'm gonna to have to finish it and i just know i'm gonna end up getting all the level packs because i need the the 100 trophies so i know some of them are like rocking or shit these days so that could be expensive we shall see yeah. another one i don't have is lego rock band because i never had a rock band kit to be able to play it with i, I saw it in cex not too long ago for a pound and i was thinking should i like i could, I could buy the <laughs> i could buy the rock band kit for like a fiver and the game for a pound it's, Anyway, I've been playing Snakey Buzz. Oh, man, this game. What's a buzz? Snakey Buzz. Thank you. Sorry. So, I detest this game. <laughs> um, Roscoe's review is on the right website now, and I think he is generous. <laughs> I, I think he's honest, but generous. <laughs> I, I played it once, and I just put the kids to bed, and they kept coming downstairs, and they walked into the, the room, and every single one of them, all four that were like getting up and going downstairs, apart from my daughter, who's too young to do so, Came into the living room and went, "Oh, Dante DM's played this," and then walked out. <laughs> so the first, <laughs> the first kid walked in and went, "Oh, Daddy, da- Dante DM's played this." I went, "Uh huh, okay then." And ten minutes later, "Oh, Daddy, Dante DM's played this." Yeah, yeah, I've heard. Third kid, no, Dan- <laughs> So by the end of it, I was, I was like, "Yes, I know." Because <laughs> Dante DM's played this. But yeah, I don't like the game. It's, it's just a tech demo that went wrong. Um, it's not it's not as good as Cluster Truck, which is their other game. If you if you want that kind of madcap experience, go for Cluster Truck. I'm playing uh, Save Your Nuts on the Xbox, which is a uh, it's like a multiplayer arena battle where you got to like fight over nuts. Uh, we'll have a review on the website towards the release date, which I believe is Wednesday. Um, and it's okay. Um, we've, we're, we're not under embargo. We can publish it whenever we want. But um, if you're looking for something to keep the kids busy over the summer holidays. You could do a lot worse than this, um, but I'd, I'd urge caution and make sure you read Toby's review, which will be up this week. I've been playing Biped, which I know you've been playing too, Roscoe, uh, so I yes. won't stand on your toes, but I've been having a lot of fun with that. That's cool. I've been playing Construction Simulator 3 Console Edition. Ooh. Oh, God, this, this game how is it, How is that? Because that was on my radar until uh, something else turned up. Oh, that game I played, I'm reviewing. Which I didn't mention. Yeah. Do you, to, do you want to mention that now? Yes, I've been playing Null Drifter, yeah. Null Drifter is Rezagun, was placed on a Spectrum, was made on Spectrum. So he's got his very basic one colour, two colour graphics. And it's a mixture of like shooting, uh, like Smash TV kind of thing, but also shoot him up as in like Rezagun. And he shoots stuff and you've got his boost, which goes through bullets and enemies like Rezagun. But it's on a like, flat 2D top down type thing like Asteroids. So it's a bit of everything. It's fucking hard, and so it's all right. So review coming very soon. Well, I watched the trailer for that, and it was like black and white, but one yes. bit graphics. It's 
it looks like a, an epileptic seizure. That's yeah, some, yeah, every time you, you complete level, you can unlock different colour schemes, and some really do hurt your eyes, and it's just, why would you play on that? It's pretty good, I won't lie, um, but it's also very, very hard. So, uh, But yeah, review probably this week, hopefully. Fair enough. Okay, then. Construction Simulator 3 Console Edition. I've tried to complete the start of this game three times and managed to fuck it up three times to the point of that I've I've ended up kind of just bailing on the tutorial entirely. So the game is 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 halfway between like farming simulator, which is like doing very monotonous things over and over again, and like house flipper. So it's about building things, fixing things, fetching things. So it's in an open world like farming simulator, but you can't get out of the car and have a first person view. You're always in a vehicle. And you basically have to go around fixing things and the tutorial asks you to do this one task, which I could not do for the life of me. I kept trying and trying. I spent hours literally trying to do this thing and the game would not recognize that I had done it. So I ended up aborting it each time because I rage quit on it. And that when you abort that, it aborts the entire tutorial section of the game. I genuinely don't know what I'm doing now, but I'm having quite a bit of fun doing what I think I'm supposed to be doing. So once I've abandoned the tutorial, I'm, I'm now driving around this open city doing jobs for people like picking up logs out of trees, going finding rocks and delivering to the quarry. It's called it's like a, a gravel factory or something. I think it's called. It's it's a quarry. Um, and then you get like jobs where you've got to fix a road. And then once you've got enough money, you can start doing jobs like building a terrace house, building like a bigger house. And then eventually once you've got your fleet up of vehicles, you can build offices and stuff. It's fine. It's really hard to control. And that's why I found it very difficult. So the camera is like constantly fighting you. And you've got loads of different camera settings. But on PC, you can control your camera and your vehicle movements at different times. Whereas on console, because you've only got so many inputs, you have your right stick, which controls like the arm on a, a, like a digger, as well as the camera. And you end up just totally messing it up. And then as soon as you hit reverse... The camera swings back around and ruins all of the work that you tried to put the camera in the right place to see what you're doing. It's just infuriating at times. But when you get your hang of it, it, it is it is very therapeutic fun. It's it's fine. It's just like Farming Simulator where you're doing monotonous things over and over again. I don't know who these games are aimed at, but I'll be honest with you. Like I'm sitting there and I'm finding like it's not got as good a soundtrack as as any of the Farming Simulator games as far as I'm concerned. But like. So it's not as like therapeutic. It's not not as like melodic and chilling. It's more stressed out. But I see what it's going for. I just don't know who it's aimed at. If you are that person, good for you. This is a game that exists on consoles now. So go and get it. And <laughs> the last game I've been playing is Ancient Enemy, which is a cloud battler which came out from uh, Grey Alien Studios and Mike Bithel Games over the weekend. It's it's cool. It's like a it's solitaire. Uh, sorry, like like Price is Right, one up and one down uh, with cards on screen that basically turns into an RPG battler. And it's it looks great. The music's brilliant. The mechanics are really good. And if you like those kind of games, then this one's definitely worth checking out. It's a lot of fun. And of course, we'll play Final Fantasy VII. So yeah, that is my long list of games I've been playing this week. I'm sorry. I'm, so long. I'm sorry. Blimey. No, 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 it's fine. Yeah, mine's pretty stacked this week. As I said, I was playing Sneaky Bus, which is a thing that's out to play now, if you fancy something like that. I reviewed it. It's up on the website on fingerguns.net. It's okay. I mean, it's something to play. I think I mentioned this in a review. It reminds me of those Flash games that we used to play at school uh, when we were bored. 
and Newgrounds. needed something to play. Yeah, that sort of thing. It's just, yeah, it's nothing special at all. It's total trash, but in a kind of hearty, fun, in a weird way, sort of way. It's got a very easy platinum. Very easy. I mean, I did it, so. Mm. <laughs> I'm certainly very interested again. <laughs> have a look. Have a look at the trophies. You, you'd be surprised how easy it is to, to just knock them out without even noticing. There's only oh. like eight or nine of them, and yeah, then the plat's out. Ah, oh, okay. I can see myself adding that to my collection now. God damn it, Roscoe, you dragged me back in. Just when I thought I was out. Pull me back in. <laughs> Snakey Bus has a platinum. That's probably worth uh, keeping an eye on. Yeah, but it's not worth a tenner. My God, wait till it's on sale if you really want that platinum. Yeah, I've been playing Biped. I'm reviewing that. It should be up maybe this week, hopefully. Yeah, God, I don't know what to say about this. It took me so long to get into it. it. It wasn't until maybe the second actual level that I got my head around what I was supposed to be doing and how I was supposed to be moving this asshole. And <laughs> when I finally got my head around it, it was, yeah, it's been a lot of fun so far. It's quite entertaining. It's very rewarding that you get a nice feeling when you actually beat a puzzle. When you're stuck there for ages trying to work something out and then it just all clicks. It's like, oh, yay, I did it. So yeah, it's fun. It's a, it's a physics-based platformer and you control each of the legs of the character on each analog stick. So your left leg is your left uh, your left analog stick, your right leg is your right analog stick, and you've just got to move them in tandem. And it's, uh, yeah, gang beastsy, I guess. And it, it sure is something. But I'm, I'm glad I'm checking it out and you'll be able to read my review this week. What did you think of it, Sean? You having a good time with it? Yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I don't, think, I don't think it's taken me as long to get to grips with the controls. I, I spent a lot of time with um, Brothers Tale of Two Sons. Did you, did you play that as well? Uh, yes. I think I think spending an inordinate amount of time with that game is has has helped me be okay with this control screen because obviously you have to kind of move your legs independently, left, right, left, right, left, right, kind of thing, and it's 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 fine, okay. Like I like the puzzles. Some of them are a total bitch and cheap, but most of them, you know, they they are the kind of stuff you get off your settee for once you've done. Like mm. yes, so yeah, yeah I, I think it's reasonably well designed. Uh, it looks fine. Sounds great. So you know, it's 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 one of those odd things that comes out where you like you kind of want to recommend it because it's weird, but also it comes with a massive caveat that it's going to be a total dick to get your head around. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exercise caution. But it's uh, yeah, it's fun. Mm. It's fun. I am in, I am enjoying it, even if, even though it's infuriating me, which is a weird uh, a weird thing to say about a video game. But it's just like you said, when it clicks, it's like oh, okay, that was clever. Yeah, um, sure. playing Animal Crossing. Today, if you're listening to this on the day uh, it goes live, which is Monday, the 13th of April, Bunny Day is over. The 12 days of Bunny Hell is now at an end. I've completed everything. I've been, I've built everything I could have built to please my bunny overlords. And it's done and it's over. And now I can go back to playing the goddamn game, which is a real treat. And uh, I'm having a great time. So yeah, I mean, Animal Crossing is still awesome and wonderful and uh, i'm having a lot a lot of time with it which is great i've been playing this thing called google stadia oh yes tell me about that let me tell you something google stadia is currently free for two months during this very strange weird time we're all living in right now and yeah you can jump on for two months and you can play all of their pro games for free so that includes uh, destiny 2 thumper and their exclusive guilt which is what i've been spending a lot of my time playing and uh, you know what i'm pretty impressed with it so far I think it's pretty good. Really? Is it, yeah. is it laggy? Is it like, you know, I mean, like PlayStation Now kind of thing, which is a bit... Mm. It's, it's laggy in spots, but it's it's bearable. You know, it's nothing game-breaking. What are um, you playing on? Is it like a TV or a monitor or I've something? been playing it on my uh, my Pixel, my Google phone. Oh, right. Nice. Yeah. And uh, it's... 
Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, I mean, Destiny 2 was a big one to try out because in certain moments, as you know, it can get very fast-paced and very crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought, oh, that'd be a good one to check out. And it seemed to handle it quite well. And I played it on my laptop through Google Chrome, and it wasn't as good. Didn't run as well. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know if that's my laptop, just not keeping up with the speed of the stream. But it was, yeah, there was definitely a noticeable difference between my phone and my laptop. But I, I wanted to play uh, Thumper. You know Thumper? Of course, it's one of your favourite games, is it not? Yeah, man. It, it's a great one to show off streaming because it's just pure oh, speed chaos. all the way through. And, uh, you know, it's all about immediate button mashing and stuff. And it was it was great. It was perfect. I hasten to wow. say. And, uh, yeah. And, and Guilt was uh, Guilt is a fun little like horror stealth game where you play as uh, a young girl navigating a school uh, with a with a flashlight taking down monsters. And nice. it's uh, yeah, stealthing around. And it's uh, it's fun. I'm actually really enjoying it. I think it's a, a fun uh, little game. Has it convinced me to get Stadia? No. Which is a um, yeah. I mean. It's a funny story. I still couldn't sign up to it. It's too late now, I guess. But every time I clicked on a link, it just kept saying, sign up with the code. I said, I ain't got a code. So I went to purchase now, and it says, put in your code. Oh, I couldn't get a code, so I never got to try it. But you've been sort of murmuring about it on Slack for a while while you've been playing it, and it's good to hear because, you know, when xCloud gets up and running, that'll probably be the one. Obviously, the back catalog of games that'll probably be uh, compatible. But yeah, I'd like it to work. It's always nice to have another another option, I suppose. Yeah. But... What's the, what's the library like? I mean, I know you get access to their pro games. I can't imagine it being particularly big at the moment. Is it like, uh, you know, is it Assassin's uh, Creed? Is that, is that one of them? Uh, yeah, Assassin's Creed Odyssey is there. And Ghost Recon Breakpoint, uh, Tomb Raider, the first one, and Rise of the Tomb Raider. Or oh, Shadow wow. of the Tomb Raider, one of the two. It's it's not bad. I mean, it is expensive. Red Dead 2 is on there. Red Tomb Raider is £8. Uh, yeah, Doom Eternal's on it for 50 quid. £75 for the special edition. You know, it's... a uh, it's a very small number of games, but it's a good amount. It's a good quality of games rather than mm, quantity, mm. I guess, at the moment. Interesting. Well, I'm, I just checked the Stadia link, and you can still sign up. So if you want to, then go can for you it. send that to me? Because I, if I click it, it just doesn't let me do anything. I sign up with code or something. I've sent, I've, sent, I've sent it to your private uh, Slack. Ooh, private Slack. Uh, I know. Yeah, Sounds like a saucy. Mm hmm. <laughs> 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 now. Oh, there you go. Thanks, buddy. All right, there you go. No bother, mate. Uh, rather than, yeah, so that's been my, my week. Snakeyverse, Biped, and Stadia. And, of course, uh, Final Fantasy VII, which I will talk about a little bit later. But it is time for... Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the most exhilarating, most exciting, most electrifying video game quiz in all the world! Hosting the Finger Guns Trivia Challenge. Lock up your daughters, hold on to your butts, and go absolutely uptown Funkatron for the smoothest cat in the entire podcast cosmos. It's the knowledge himself, Mr. Sean Davies! <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Finger Guns Trivia Challenge. What you haven't heard is that we've just lost Paul. His internet has cut out and he's left us. But we do have a quiz and I'm just going to do it for Roscoe. Hey, uh, I've won. Suck well it, Greg. Done. <laughs> well done, Roscoe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Thanks, by, by default, you have won. But let's see oh. how, you, how you get on with an Assassin's Creed themed quiz. Yay. Ooh, okay. Okay, so <laughs> if, you, if you've never done this before... Normally, I'd ask all the guys <laughs> the questions. They write down their answers. Uh, I'm just going to ask these questions to Ross, and then towards the end of the podcast, we'll get the answers very quickly. So, question one. What is the name of the machine used to delve into the DNA memories of its user in the Assassin's Creed series? 
Uh, that question again is, what is the name of the machine used to delve into the DNA memories of its user in the Assassin's Creed series? Question two, what was the name of the modern day player controlled protagonist from Assassin's Creed one through to three? So question two, what was the name of the modern day player controlled protagonist from Assassin's Creed one through to three? Question three, Assassin's Creed four black flag protagonist Edward Kenway is from which country? So question three, Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag protagonist Edward Kenway is from which country? Question four, the Assassin's Creed Chronicles is a trio of spin-off games set in three different countries and timelines. Name any one of the three countries they are set in. So question four, the Assassin's Creed Chronicles is a trio of spin-off games set in three different countries and timelines. Name any one of the three countries they are set in. Okay, question five. In Assassin's Creed Origins, what is the profession? Uh, question five. In Assassin's Creed Origins, what is the profession of protagonist Bayek and his wife Aya? Or Bayek. Question five, in Assassin's Creed Origins, what is the profession of protagonist Bayek and his wife, Aya? Question six, what is the name of Jacob Fry's gang in Assassin's Creed Syndicate? Question six, what is the name of Jacob Fry's gang in Assassin's Creed Syndicate? What a game, underrated that one. Isn't it just? Oh. Uh, question seven. Which Assassin's Creed game is set during the earliest time period? Ooh. Is it as obvious as I think it is? You're not going to say a damn thing, <laughs> are you? Ah. Question seven. Which Assassin's Creed game is set during the earliest time period? Question 8. Which Assassin's Creed game was heavily criticised for the lack of female playable characters in its multiplayer component, which was described by the creative director as the reality of production? Question 8. Which Assassin's Creed game was heavily criticised for the lack of female playable characters in its multiplayer component, which was described by the creative director as the reality of production? Question 9. 2012's Assassin's Creed 3 Liberation was originally released as an exclusive for which platform? In question 9. 2012's Assassin's Creed 3 Liberation was originally released as an exclusive for which platform? And finally... Question 10. Who created the flying machines in Assassin's Creed 2? Question 10. Who created the flying machines in Assassin's Creed 2? 
Do you know what? Seeing as though it's just you, Roscoe, you can have the tiebreaker question as well, just for fun. Oh, well, thank you very much. So the tiebreaker was, in September 2019, Assassin's Creed became the highest-selling franchise for Ubisoft of all time. How many copies has the franchise sold? In the millions. <laughs> and that was this week's quiz. Oh. oh. Really, it's like a questionnaire just for one person. This was week. <laughs> <laughs> this was this week's questionnaire. I just... genuinely think that I've got full marks here, and it fucking sucks because I'm not <laughs> playing against anyone. You just smashed this as well, aren't you? <laughs> Absolutely nailed it. <laughs> oh, this is. Uh... Do you reckon Paul's bailed out because he knew he was going to lose? <laughs> yeah, but he says that, but he never does. No, no, that's true. That is true. Maybe he's used his like psycho somatic I'm gonna lose. <laughs> I knew it was coming. <laughs> <laughs> oh well thank you very much. Uh it's, it was a an absolute pleasure. That was a fun quiz. Yeah, I don't think I've got the tiebreaker, but I wouldn't have needed it to be honest. No, I don't think you would have done. <laughs> all right then let's get into some news as you, as you if you're listening to this all four of us were here at the beginning it's now just me and sean things happened technical issues work stuff here we are i nearly lost sean as well <laughs> he's here it's going so well <laughs> it's going so well this one but yeah let's talk about the playstation 5 controller because that's a thing that now exists in the world yay this controller which is called the dual sense not the dual shock, I'm afraid, guys. Calm down, it's alright. Reset era. You're gonna be fine. Okay. The dual sense is the official controller of the PlayStation 5, and we've had a first look at it this week over at the PlayStation blog. And it's certainly different. There's a bit of a change. There's a double color scheme, which gives the impression that the console itself may be two different colors, but we're not sure about that just yet. There's some very cool features in, obviously. We talked about it before, but the haptic feedback, which allows you to you know, feel the uh, feel the bow going out of your arrow and feel weapons and feel different sort of like feelings underneath your feet and all that good stuff. And then there's the create button, but there's no real information on that yet. Apparently it's a step forward in share creation, but no one really knows what that means just yet. So, Sean, your initial impressions of the DualSense PS5 controller. Okay, when I first saw it, I thought it was just like a remote control car controller because... <laughs> On, on first glance, it looks like somebody's tried to make a sci-fi controller, like in, you know, PaintShop Pro or whatever, and done an okay job. But then on closer inspection, I started to really like it. And until we get it in our hands, I don't know if we'll truly know if we love it or not. I don't think anyone, you know, like some controllers just don't gel with people. That's fine. You know, I don't gel with the Nintendo Pro controller doesn't doesn't do it for me the xbox one controller and the ps the, the dual shot 4 do and looking at the images it looks like it's halfway between the two so you know I, I can get on board with it if it feels like that i am very worried about the price of it because <laughs> it's got yeah. it's got a live got an built mic it's got haptics it's got tension triggers and a touchpad on the top how is this going to come in like current dual shot 4 controllers come in at about 50 pounds every release yeah you know, every time they bring out a new color, it's fifty quid. That's there's no way that that controller is going to come in anywhere near that price. And I have five kids; they all have their <laughs> own. Like we we've got like 
seven DualShock controllers in the house. There's just no way. Mm-hmm. That being said, it does look like a sexy controller. Like mm-hmm. after 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 initially going, what the fuck is that? It, it's really grown on me. And a lot of these mock-ups, you know, they're like the the Spider-Man one, for example, looks phenomenal. Yeah. And I think we do we can learn quite a bit about what the PlayStation Five is going to look like from this controller because there's no way that that console is going to be plain black if that's the controller. No. I get the feeling that it actually might look a little bit like the the dev kit, which <laughs> yeah, I take it. You know, I take it. <laughs> <laughs> I take it. They look like something out of Babylon Five in my living room. It's fine. Just just stick it in there. Um, yeah. What about you? What what are your thoughts? I like it. It's not straying too far from the DualShock 4, which is nice. Um, I think the DualShock 4 is a fantastic controller. I love the, the light bar, which is now goes around the touchpad rather than just on top of the touchpad. I think that's pretty cool. Um, I think you get a better look at it from behind. That sounds weird, I know, but I think there's there's a picture of it kind of like on its side, and that's when you see it kind of properly, and it's like, oh, actually, yeah, that's really nice. You see the touchpad is raised a little bit, um, so you kind of have that sensation of clicking it down, I suppose. I think the biggest thing for me is that I'm surprised that the touchpad is even there at all. I don't know. I didn't think it was a huge success this generation, the touchpad. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right that, that most people don't use it as a touchpad, but most games do use it as either a button or a set of buttons. And so so you look at, like, for example, um, the Xbox One controller now, you have that the basically where the, where the share button is on the PlayStation 4, you've got that button, which is like two boxes. Uh, and that's kind of like the defaulty map version button on on that controller. Whereas every PS4 game, you want to look at the map, you pick the big bloody button in the middle. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that true. that has gone down like a major like a, an advancement of a okay, that's when I'm going to get the map, the big map looking button. So <laughs> <laughs> I think that's like a, a proper advancement in controller design. Sure, the touchpad. You know, there's very few games that actually use it properly. Or at all, but you know those that do tend to use it quite well. So yeah, that's a fair I'm, point. I'm glad it's there because if what they're saying is true and that you know the the DualShock 4 will be able to be used with the PlayStation 5, and that's the rumor at the minute, you know that DualShock 4 will be forwards compatible. It means that you know at least most of the features on the controller will be similar yeah. or the same. So that that's you know it's good. It's good for game makers because they know what's going to be there, and it's got it's got an internal battery. Yay, no more batteries. Yay. Well, the PS4 doesn't have it. No, no. This is why everyone's saying that the Xbox Series X controller is so much more superior, because it gives you mm, options. Because you can, either, you can either use batteries, or you can purchase a battery pack. <laughs> why would you purchase a battery pack in 2020? Because it's options, you know? It's, it's just giving oh, you options, options, you know? You know, you can either buy batteries or buy a battery pack. Yeah. Which option would you like? <laughs> Thank you, Microsoft, for giving me the option to buy batteries every month. Oh, you're so kind. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> legends. Uh, so this guy was like, well, why just buy a rechargeable battery pack and stick it next to your console? I'm like, you do. I'm amazed about buying new batteries because the amount of electricity I'm using, <laughs> like the amount of gaming I do, that would like. <laughs> oh, God. Good yeah. on you guys. <laughs> the built in microphone is an interesting one. Yeah. I, I, it's going to be awful, isn't it? Surely it's going to be. I, I can't imagine it being a very, very good microphone, but I can imagine it would be good enough to do voice control. It's kind of similar to the one that was built in, that came with the PS4, that little headset with the one. Yeah. Um, ear. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it, it, it'd be good enough to do basically if you were sitting next to the controller to go, you know, Horizon Dawn 2. 
and it would bring up the game, same as it does on the PS4 with the camera, you know, microphone. Because yeah. the voice commands are the one thing that are so good on PS4 that just people don't use. And if that's built into the controller, it's it's a lot of accessibility right there. Yeah, it's just going to be interesting. Like, say we're all on and we're playing the Division 3 and, you know, none of us have headsets. We're all talking through our controllers. Has it got a speaker as well? Uh, no, but it, well, actually, I don't know if it's got a speaker. Oh. I've not seen I've not seen it. But I mean, it will be the same. So, for example, if I'm communicating with you on the division and I haven't got my headset in, but I'm using my camera mic, your vo- vocals would come through the TV. Right. Uh, so I imagine it would be the same. But the thing is that they, they kind of have to give you this microphone if they are going down this whole PlayStation Assistant route, because it's basically going to be like having a little Alexa next to you. Yeah. If this is... Oh, I've just... (laughs) (laughs) Shut up, Alexa. Alexa, shush! (laughs) I've just managed to steal my Alexa on. Oh, God. This podcast. (laughs) We are cursed! (laughs) Alexa! Alexa! Power off! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You've got to leave that in. (laughs) Oh, man. That's the problem with having these voice assistants on your controller. Yeah. <laughs> okay, it doesn't say anything about a speaker on the blog, so I'm going to assume there isn't one, which uh, is a which is a, a takeout from the DualShock Four. Which is a shame because that does really increase the emotion in quite a few games. Yeah, it is fun every now and then when, uh, like, on the Division, for example, all of your comms come straight through the, con- the uh, controller. That's fun. Yeah, yeah, and and like the Zombie Army Four, where you pause it, the controller goes, "Where have you gone?" And then there's like that firefighting simulator game that I was playing the other week. All of the comms came through the DualShock 4 in that too. So nice. that, just nice touches. Be shame that's gone. But still, sexy yeah. controller. Sexy controller. Sexy controller indeed. And our very own award-winning designer, Mr. Paul Collett, who was on this podcast about 20 minutes ago, and wanted to talk about this. is no longer on the podcast, but he has sent over a, uh, a little blurb. So I'm going to read it now. I won't do the accent. Sorry, don't worry. I have to say, I love the look of the new PS5 controller. Sony have come up with a winner here. Distinctly DualShock, but so different, it looks like it belongs to a new console. Which it does. Good one, Paul. It's been needing an update for a while now, not having changed that much since the original way back when. It looks more ergonomic than previous designs, and the flared-out handles sound like it will be more comfortable too. The two-tone colour scheme is a stroke of genius, and will pave the way for some amazing decals in the future, mark my words. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen, from Paul Gullett. It is interesting they have moved the light bar from the top of the controller, which raises some interesting questions about the next VR headset. My money is on AR functionality on the headset to protect holograms onto the pad in VR, maybe. Hmm, interesting. The create button is something I'm very interested to learn more about after the experience of the playroom. I wonder what Sony have up their sleeve to make it more streamlined to edit gaming clips together. Perhaps it has some Dreams integration, or perhaps not. <laughs> Either way, this is a great-looking controller. I might have to get at least five to dot around my flat. They are that orgasmic. There you go. Do you know what? He doesn't like a game, but when he talks about a controller, whoa, boy. Oh, he just loves, <laughs> you know, he's a designer. He loves the design of things. That's very true. And yeah. uh, it does look like a Paul Collett controller. I think he would design it this way. Yeah, I don't know if he caught this. And, and he, was, he did a mock-up of the PlayStation 4 UI, how he would do it. And we posted it on all the socials and etc. But the, the the look of that UI does very much match what he what they what Sony put together with this controller. Mm. Um, he's like a he's like Nostra design designer Nostra designer. There you go. Nostra designer. 
Oh, it's terrible. Oh, uh, dear. Now, finally on this, speaking as a PlayStation purist, which I know you are, Sean Davies, how do you feel about the uh, the sacred symbols, colours, disappearing from the official controller? It's not a smart thing to do, if I'm honest. Um, the thing with, with those, those colours is that those for younger gamers, having had kids that are two, three years old, wanting to play play a game with me and me finding games they can play with me having those colors meant that you could say like you can't say x or cross to a very young child you could say the blue button and they'll understand because they know what blue is they don't know what cross is or x they they know what a triangle or a circle or a square is but it's so much easier to say circle square or, or red or green or blue you know it's Taking the colours out does does make it a slightly less accessible to kids. And I think that's a mistake, if I'm honest. Uh, d- disappointed, to be fair. But they, they seem to know what they're doing. And they went about designing the DualShock 4 in a way that was suitable for kids' hands. And let me tell you, it is. Like, it's incredible when you when you look at the way that they designed the DualShock 4 to be able to fit in kids' hands. Like, all of my kids have picked them up like ducks to water. And it will be very interesting to see if they, they've done the same again with this. Because my daughter is going to be like the biggest gamer. She just never leaves me alone. As soon as I pick up a pad, she's there. She's on my lap. <laughs> <laughs> so as soon as as soon as she's able, um, she will she will be gaming. And um, it'd be interesting to see what they do with this one. I honestly think it will be added before this thing comes up. Yeah, I get the feeling that that this first initial reveal, things are obviously going to change. Um, and I imagine the colors will go on the on the controller, but also. I don't think it'll be the only version available at launch. Yeah, I just get the feeling there's going to be others, and I think you know the same as the the limited edition consoles and controllers we get down the line. I think we get a couple of launch variants, maybe. You know, Spider-Man Two PS5 launch title. It's mm. not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not. Definitely not. <laughs> yeah, it's not. But you know, those kind of controllers that'd be nice on day one. Interesting. Yeah, Paul did bring up a good point about the the light bar. I guess there's some interesting stuff to come for VR in the next gen. Mm. That we don't yet know about. I'm so happy. <laughs> Get rid of the wires and the bloody lights. Just give me a headset and two controllers. It'd be so great if they just went full PlayStation Move. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that thing that everyone bought and then put in the cupboard, which is now worth £250 because yeah, right. of gold dust. <laughs> it's great. There was a time when they were like 19 99 each. <laughs> and now I, sort of, I went to look for some when I had my PSVR. Yeah, and I had to pay like above the odds. I had to pay at least sixty-five pounds for a pack of two. It's amazing. They, yeah, how, when, how dare you, Sony? How dare you? They were selling Amazon was selling the the starter pack, which is the camera and two move controllers for one hundred and fifty pounds. And I'm like, how is how is this? <laughs> I got mine for nine ninety nine at CEX. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, fair, fair play, PlayStation. You brought it back to life in a big way. That's it. Wonderbook is the. <laughs> Oh, yes. It's a big thing for PlayStation 5. <laughs> that's, that's what this controller is. It's, it's, it's Wonderbook. The uh, USB is actually just the light that's going to bring Wonderbook and AR out of the controller. Oh, yeah, I'm sold. Day one. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Right, let's move on to, uh, very quickly, I just wanted to add this in because it was announced uh, earlier today as we're recording. It looks like Resident Evil 4 is a thing that's happening after the success of Resident Evil 2 and 3. Obviously, Resident Evil 4 is a thing. But the remakes have been huge successes for Capcom. And it looks like Resident Evil 4 is the next one on the way. There's not a lot known about it yet. All we know is that the original creator uh, gave Capcom his blessing, finally, 
to make it happen. Sean, what was your initial reaction to this? If there was if there was a Resident Evil game I think needed a remake least, it would be this one. And I'm surprised they are doing it because it feels like the gap between two and three wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. I think that's come out in some of the critical response. Now, I think a lot of the critical response has become in the fact that this one was a bit more actiony than two. And to, and a lot of the advancements in two kind of override what was going to be good about three. So I think it's I want it to happen, but not yet. If that makes any sense, like and I know Greg really doesn't want it to happen and doesn't want the game to be ported to any more platforms because he thinks it's already been you know pimped around enough. And he's probably right, but I I think it's still a decent enough game to kind of hold up now. But, you know, if, if it's a good remake, I will happily play it, you know, when I eventually get around to playing all the rest of the remakes. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I, I still not finished the original Resident Evil remake. You know, I've got two and three to go yet, so. Uh, generation remake. Yeah, I, I think it's not the one that needs it most. I think a lot of people talk up four because it's held in such high regard, but I don't think that many people have played it. I think this is another one of these wonderful 101 situations where... You know, it's held in high regard, but it's kind of a cult status. I don't think people realize that it is a much more action oriented game than two and the original one was. Mm-hmm. So we'll we'll see. We'll see. Interesting. Well, yeah, our resi man, Mr. Greg Hicks, did have some thoughts on this. And uh, obviously he's gone, so another time I'm gonna share it with you now. <laughs> Resi 4, as much as I love that game, it's essentially a time capsule game. It was amazing back then, but by today's standard, it doesn't hold up. It went on to inspire many gameplay elements in more recent titles like Gears of War and Dead Space, but it doesn't need a remake. It's been ported and HD'd to death, so unless they're going to make it like the RE2 remake gameplay, why bother? They should really consider a Code Veronica remake instead. There you go. That is coming from a very hardcore Resident Evil fan. Uh, is he right? Should they focus on a Code Veronica remake instead? I, I, I take either or, or Resident Evil Zero. You know, I think there's other there's other games they could do which probably would be better received and are probably uh, more in need of a remake. So Resident Evil Code Veronica, like you know, Greg played it pretty recently, and it was a port of the PS2 version onto the PS4, and I played that version, and it is not good. Like <laughs> it is it is really rough, really rough, and it's it's it is a good game, but it's also one of the weirdest. Right. So I, I'm not entirely sure if it would have flown being remade faithfully these days. But also Resident Evil Four was just as weird. So what am, what am I saying? <laughs> <laughs> Whichever one they do next is 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 gonna be good. And yeah. um, I don't think it would have mattered what they did chose. I don't think anybody would have been happy. Interesting. Right then, let's move on to. A small game called Final Fantasy VII. Now, we've all played it this week, minus Paul, and we were going to mention it in what we've been playing, but it feels like it needs a bit more of a conversation. Now, it is only me and Sean now. Uh, Greg has, again, uh, sent over something for me to read a little bit later. But initial impressions, I know, did you hold off on playing the demo? Did you wait until you had the full game in your hands to jump in? Yeah, so I claimed the demo because I knew we were getting a, a free theme um, if you claim the demo when the game came out. I didn't. I it was downloaded to my PlayStation and never played it. I avoided all the trailers I possibly could. I've gone into it as fresh-eyed as any person who spends a lot of time around gamers can, and I love it. Mm-hmm. I'm chapter. I think it's chapter ten now, so I think I'm about wow seven chapters from the end, and it's amazing. It's truly, truly amazing. And so here's here's the thing, right? One of the things that I I really love around the original 
Final Fantasy VII. And I've written about this on figureguns.net. If you go there and search for Magical Midgar, you'll find a piece that I wrote about it, what I, I call Final Fantasy VII, the best game ever made. And for me, the reason it's the best game ever made is because at the start of the game, when the player is not invested in the storyline whatsoever, neither is Cloud. Cloud is a... To st- at the start of the game, he is a he's a trash man. You know, basically, he's he's a, a thoroughly dislikable person. These people are trying to save the earth. He's not interested. He just wants a payday. And at the start of the game, that's relatively close to what the player's interpretation of the events are. You know, you are you don't know what's going on. You haven't warmed to any of the characters. You're not involved in any of the storylines yet. But as as Cloud does, so does the player. So Cloud's evolution from a dick into a thoroughly likable character happens throughout the game at the same time as the player's getting invested in all the characters, all the storylines, and it's it's such a fantastic mirror of gameplay and narrative and the way that a player experiences characters through that plot. And I think this remake does that better than the original does. I think the game starts and you've got this cool-looking guy. Okay, I'm invested in the character. Okay, Cloud looks cool. I've got a guy with a gun on his arm who's a bit of a shit-talker. And, you know, basically before the end of, you know, the chapter that I'm on, you are now fully invested in these characters, you know? You've warmed to these 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 support characters. And here's the way I'm describing this in my head now. I, I When I listened to Square say that they had a choice between doing Final Fantasy VII Remake in essentially three or four chunks and do them at AAA quality with stuff expanded and or or they could have done the same game again with spruced up graphics. I am so very glad they picked the first one because all of the filler that feels like filler at the time that you're doing it. So there's a couple of side quests I'm not I'm not bothered about. It's like one where you're finding cats, which which wasn't wasn't great fun. And there's another one later where you're finding kids. But those two are the only... I'm sorry, there's, there's another part about some puzzles, which I think is a, a bit too long. But most of the added content is all driven towards your motivation as a character. So you help out a load of people in the Sector 7 slums. And you these orb, there's like six quests. Five of them are fun. Yeah, and you get to meet the characters, and these are like Yakuza-like quests. You know, like the Yakuza games where they're just like colorful characters, they ask you to do something daft, you go and do something daft, and then you get a small reward for it. It's it's fine. But what that does is builds your affinity towards those people. And then when things happen in the game, the, the impact is greater. And I don't want to say that because I know you haven't played it and don't know what happens. Indeed. So the, the, the filler all, all builds towards making the, the the things that happen in the game more impactful and i am so very on board with what they've done and also jesse's just like a, such a, a better character in this version and that whole whole part about you know there's, the, the, there's like an entire chapter that's basically revolving around jesse which wasn't in the original game and feels like it just should have been so in my head now i am playing the full version of final fantasy 7 not the abridged version i played 23 years ago and that is magical it really is fantastic. I have to agree with you. Now, I'm one of those people that, uh, if you listen to the podcast, I'm going in completely fresh into this freaking game. I obviously know about Final Fantasy VII. I'm very aware of its impact and its kind of timelessness and how much people love it. And I wasn't on board for so long until I played the demo. And within five minutes, 
you're in. The game sucks you in almost immediately. The combat is is you know I, I'm not going to compare it to the original because I don't really know any, anything about it. I'm going I'm looking at this as a brand new game, and it just feels so much better than anything I've played in ages. And I'm including Shenmue three in that. You know what I mean? Wow. I know, man. This is better than Shenmue three. Jesus Christ. And there's there's just something about this game. I mean, I I'm probably about six hours in now. I've just got to chapter five. I'm sort of taking my time. I'm doing all the side quests. Like you said, yeah, the one running around looking for cats, not fun. Didn't enjoy that. But it was still fun to walk around that area and to meet the characters and to spend time with, with Tifa and learn about their history, her, her history with Cloud and, you know, learn more about Avalanche and what they do and what they're wanting to do. And, you know, the characters are so fleshed out so quickly and you want to hang around with them. And also... I think the game is probably the best-looking game on the system. And I say that as a big fan of Horizon Zero Dawn. I think it's a toss-up between the two. I could be... People can argue with me about that. That's fine. But in my opinion, I think it just looks sensational. And I'm really getting invested into it. And I'm, I'm barely that far into it, really. I'm trying to do as many side quests as I can to try and keep the train moving for as long as possible. And I'm really enjoying basically everything I'm seeing. And... It's difficult to talk about those really stand-up moments without spoilers, but because I don't, I'm going through it and I don't know which moments are in the original, which ones are brand new. So I really want to talk about it with you guys eventually, sort of maybe a few weeks down the line, so I I sort of know which <laughs> which which area is new or which bit is which. You know, is there? I won't ask for specifics, but is there moments? in the game that you've played so far that you remember from the original that have sort of blown your mind sort of seeing them in this new way yeah like all of it and th okay. this is th th there's a particular part in the original game where you are in a church and people are chasing you and you've basically got this little puzzle bit where you're dropping barrels and trying to knock people over in in this it's entirely different but it, it makes a load more sense in the grander scheme of things half the game feels like a tribute to the original Whereas half of it feels like content that probably should have been in the original. And that's, that's what impresses me the most about it is that, you know, seven, the bar, you know, is, is an iconic location from the original and everything that happens in that bar happens in the original. So do you know, like them coming up from beneath the floor with the, the pinball table? Yes. That happens in the original. And it was like, it was weird back then. It's still weird now. <laughs> There's little bits, so one of the quests in the original game, and I don't want to spoil it, but the, you can make particular choices throughout the game to increase your affinity with certain characters. And there was a certain line of answers that you could give to certain discussion trees, which would end up with a a very funny thing happening down the line. And it kind of, it plays tribute to some of those decisions. And I just don't want to spoil it because, like, it is phenomenal when it happens but it, it's <laughs> it's just it's such a good remake it's like they they took they didn't take the original game they took the spirit of the original game to remake they tried to remake it how people remember it and i just cannot thank them enough for it i often say final fantasy 7 is the best game i ever played and people say oh it's final fantasy blah 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 greg greg can fuck off final fantasy 7 is the best and <laughs> no, but it, it is. And and this remake is just like a love letter to that. And it's so good. There <sighs> was a moment last night when I was playing it. And I don't want to spoil the moment. Parachutes. Yeah. When that kicked in and the music and the visuals, 
I, I audibly said out loud, this is the best video game ever made. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, that entire chapter isn't in the original game. Is that right? Like, yeah. So, so none of that was in... There's a small nod towards it, but like the whole going off and doing that whole thing is just not in the game. Like wow. two, two boss battles that you've had didn't exist. It's so good. This is giving you background into Mako or Mako, as they call it. I've always called it Mako for like 20 years and nobody's ever corrected me, but it's actually Mako. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Greg, Greg is pissed about that as well. <laughs> um, so like, this is context that, that would have made the original better. Like, there are there are casualties in this that are one of the big changes from the original is the first set piece. So you know when everything goes to shit at the beginning of the game, yeah, right. In the original game, that is that is the intent, not what happens. And I won't spoil it, but you know the the person the people who call the explosion don't cause the explosion in the original game, and it just makes the whole game feel more sinister. It makes the villains feel much more threatening. It it's so good. Oh man, I could yeah. whack a lyrical about it for hours. I'm sorry, and I won't. I promise. Oh man, to. maybe we should do a uh, seven remake special at some point. Yeah, maybe we should. Maybe we should. Once we've all finished it. Yeah, um, we'll so get, get Paul, deep dive into it. <laughs> so when Paul's finished it in 2025, yeah, we'll, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll we'll play. We'll we'll do a spoiler special. Oh man, uh, yeah. There's so much the music, Sean. Oh my god! Uh, and uh, do you know what's even better? Like the way that some of the music's done as well. So, uh, like halfway through the game, you'll you'll meet a trio of villains, and the music those those villains didn't appear in the original game, but the music did, and the music's been re remixed in such a fucking brilliant way. Like literally, I want to listen to this music all the time now. And it, it's they've taken just a little sample of the original music and turned it into this like disco trance track, which is just like. How did you do this? <laughs> so good. So well, you good. can buy the uh, the seven CD soundtrack if you want it, which is impressive. And I I think I understand now why they would you know quite a lot of the stuff that you're seeing in this game you will likely see later, um because some you know not everything's the same in this game, so you can't guarantee that the rest of the plot for the rest of the installments will be the same. But I understand now why they were saying that that every other installment won't take as long because they've already built the environments because you see flashbacks yeah. of them and they've already done the music for the entire game because you can listen to it on jukeboxes and buy them oh, so good fucking hell ross fucking hell sean god i'm so glad it was worth the wait for for fans anyway and that yes. seems to be the consensus um yep we'll finally uh get greg's thoughts on it fun fantasy 7 impressions mr greg hicks looks fantastic combat system doesn't stray into spectacle fighter with this rpg lights components i.e. not quite turn-based, but still a tactical element, utilizing your team and not solely relying on the AI. Writing dialogue is still stifled and awkward, but that reminds me of the original, so that's a good thing. Really enjoying it, but worried I'll get too caught up in it and then be upset when this part ends and we have to wait forever for the next one. And I hate that they call it Mako. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> forever I'd be calling it Mako. Mako reactor. Yeah. Mako power. But no, Mako. Mako, there you go. Enjoy, ladies and gentlemen. So yeah, I mean that is a sad thing. Like you don't want to be rushing it because it's going to be over and you'll be waiting yet again for the next part. Well, one of the, one of the interesting things about this remake is the fact that once you've done it, you unlock the hard difficulty, and it's basically like New Game Plus. So the same storyline, but with harder difficulty enemies, with new abilities, bosses have been remixed. So 
you know, and if you want the Platinum Trophy, you've got to complete all the chapters on hard difficulty. So you know what I'm playing for the next two years. <laughs> yeah, okay, cool. Right then, those are our kind of spoiler-free thoughts on Final Fantasy VII uh, Remake. There's so much to talk about. We still, I'm sure we'll be treading it back once again in the future. And it would be really cool to deep dive into it sometime. Maybe we should get that together. Right, uh, finally, very quickly, I uh, just want to jump in that Streets of Rage 4 has just added 12 pixel art fighters from earlier series outings, as well as the option to swapping classic soundtracks from previous games. It also says an April release date spotted on Switch's eShop earlier today is incorrect. See? Anyway. Streets Damn. of Rage 4? Yeah, darn it. Uh, darn it to hell. Maybe that was a placeholder. Who knows? But, yeah, there's a great uh, retro reveal trailer for Streets of Rage 4 if you want to head out and uh, have a look at it at some point. It's coming out on Xbox One, PS4, Switch, and PC, and it does have this classic mode, which looks badass. Uh, Sean, did you see it? Are you excited? I have. I've seen it. I am not. T- I, I suck at these games, man. Double like <laughs> these these side-scrolling beat 'em ups have always. I've, I've like one of the few genres I absolutely suck at, um, unless it's X Men. But I'm excited for everybody who's excited for it, which is you know mostly Paul. I don't think I've seen Paul <laughs> as excited for a game as this He's ever. So so excited. He can't wait. He's like a little puppy waiting for this game to come out. He is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it looks great. I mean, Axel Stone, Blaze, and Adam, all those are from the classic games. They're all returning to Future Rage 4 alongside the newcomers. Cherry Hunter and a Floyd RR. So, yeah, it looks great. And, yeah, you also you can also switch between soundtracks whilst you're playing the game. So there's the original Streets of 1 soundtrack and the Streets of Rage 2 soundtrack you can listen to whilst you're playing if you want that extra dose of nostalgia. It's coming in at £22.49. Has a price, but not a release date just yet. But hopefully we haven't got too much uh, waiting left to do. So, yeah, looking forward to this one. Right, it's now time for Sean's Indie Corner. Hello. Welcome to the Indie Corner. Given what's going on in the world at the moment, I thought I'd pull together a little bit of a wholesome Indie Corner of games which are chilled out, something that we can look forward to, uh, and one game you can actually play right now, which is a new thing. So the first game I wanted to talk about is called Lake. (laughs) It's a a fusion of traditional story-driven point-and-click adventure free roaming driving simulator and modern narrative adventure so basically in this game you drive around in a delivery van in a 1980s oregon lakeside town called provident oaks delivering parcels and talking to the inhabitants of this town and basically they tell you their life stories and you start to pull together narratives from each of your conversations and it looks incredible like a brilliant art style and the premise is the fact that this isn't one of those games where you'll have to replay to see everything and that you'll make mistakes and things. Basically, it's, it's a game that allows you to make mistakes and you can fix them as soon as you've made them. One of the selling points is you won't need to play this game with a guide, which I think is just a great idea. And you won't need to keep replaying it. It's being made by a studio called Gameus, which I feel like I know from somewhere, but I'm not entirely sure where. And it looks like a very nice, cool game, which we'll have us chilled out and, uh, you know, playing along at some time in Q4 2020. 
and I know it's coming to PC and PS4, but I'm not sure about Switch or Xbox just yet. Okay, the second game is called, and prepare yourself for this, Paparazzi. 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 Oh, please tell me you're a, you're a dog press man. You are. Hell yeah. A dog press man. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> this game is all about walking around, free roaming a town, and taking pictures of virtual dogs doing virtual dog things. And I cannot tell you the joy I felt in seeing the trailer for this game. You just got oh, yeah. dog, dog sitting on a bench, taking a photo. Dogs lying down on a beach, take a photo. Dog on a roof, take a photo. Um, there is some kind of meta game about uh, increasing social media output and entering photo competitions and things like that. But basically, this is a game about taking virtual photos of virtual dogs doing virtual dog things. And I, I think we that's that's all we really need to know about it. Yeah. Um, it's on Steam now, um, so you can go and wishlist it. It's not out until at some point this year. There's no definitive release date yet, and it's coming to PC. But I, I fully expect it to come to other platforms because it most definitely should, and we oh, all yes. deserve to take photos of virtual dogs. Yeah, we do. Get this on my Switch now. <laughs> Please. And the last game is called Inbento. Now, this uh, came out on Switch recently, but it was out on mobile about a year ago. And basically, it's like a, a cool puzzle game about two dogs making bento boxes. <laughs> uh, the idea is you've got like a, a, a grid of, of cool looking food. And the idea is you need to replicate an image of the same box that's presented above. And you can basically, you've got like pieces of food that you can put in this box. And it's very chill. There's like a hundred levels. None of them are stressful. It's just a really nice, chilled out puzzle game that pats you on the head all the time just to say, well done. That's that's awesome. Well done. None of it's strenuous. So uh, it's called Inbento and it's out on mobiles. And it came out on Switch on March 12th. So you should go and play it because it looks very cool. Inbento. And that is the Indie Corner. Have you got any favourites from this week? Have you seen anything good out of there? I just want Cloudpunk. Yeah, man. <laughs> it's not too far away now. Yeah, uh, Dorong, uh, Charlene, uh, Charlene LeBron's new uh, new game she's pushing. The Doinks. That's the one. Yes. The Doinks, yeah. That looks really lovely. That sort of thing I'm well into. So, yeah, that looks really nice. And uh, we've got a little feature up on the website today. Um, our own Toby wanted to talk about a retro futuristic uh, pixel game called Naruto Boy. That's the one. The Naruto Boy. Boy. Yeah, there's a little write-up about it on the website now. Go and have a look at it from uh, Studio Koba. Looks really cool. It was a Kickstarter game that has um, smashed its funding, I believe. Yep. And it's uh, yeah, it's on the way, and it looks great. So if you want to know more about it, go to fingerguns.net for all that sexy information. Right. It is time for the quiz answers. Wow. Oh. Okay. I, I'm just going to ask you these because I know you're going to know them. This is going to uh, be I'm, such a disappointment. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you can blame everyone else for pulling out. Uh, okay, that's what she so, said. Hey, okay. <laughs> Question one: What is the name of the machine used to delve into the DNA memories of its user in the Assassin's Creed series? That was the Animus. The Animus of course, it was. Uh, Question two: What was the name of the modern-day player control protagonist from Assassin's Creed one through three? Desmond Miles. <laughs> Desmond Miles is correct. <laughs> <laughs> who are you who is Desmond? <laughs> yeah, get angry uh, watch Chris Smith get angry <laughs> that was a great part as well okay yeah. uh, question three Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag's protagonist Edward Kenway is from which country uh, my hometown of Wales 
Wales is correct. Uh, question four, the Assassin's Creed Chronicles is a trio of spin-off games set in three different countries and timelines. Name any one of the three countries they are set in. What did you put down? I put down China. China is correct. I would all have also have accepted India or Russia. Thanks. And I'm 100% going to delve into these games because China was great. Uh, question five, in Assassin's Creed Origins, what is the profession of protagonist Bayek and his wife Aya? Uh, this is the only one I was a little bit fiddly on, but is a Medjay or a Medjay? Medjay, yeah. Medjay, yeah. Well done. Thank you. Uh, well done. Uh, question six, what is the name of Jacob Fry's gang in Assassin's Creed Syndicate? The Rooks. The Rooks is correct. Oh my God, you're going to get a 10 on you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my heart. Question seven, which Assassin's Creed game is set during the earliest time period? Odyssey. Odyssey is correct, 431 BC. Mm. Um, question eight, which Assassin's Creed game was heavily criticized for the lack of female playable characters in its multiplayer component, which was described by the creative director as the reality of production? Which game needed two times the animation, two times the voices? <laughs> which game was it, Ross? Which, what was it? The fucking one that didn't work. It's Assassin's Creed Unity. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> uh, question nine. 2012's Assassin's Creed 3 Liberation was originally released as an exclusive for which platform? The PlayStation Vita. PlayStation Vita is correct. Oh, you are one, one question away from... <laughs> <laughs> question 10. Who created the flying machines in Assassin's Creed 2? My favourite Assassin's Creed, Leonardo da Vinci. That is incorrect. No, I'm kidding. He's correct. You got this ah! <laughs> <laughs> well done oh mate it, 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 it's, it, it's an empty empty victory <laughs> no it, it, I'm, to just think though right you, you've, you've just shown off that you know Assassin's Creed like yeah. no one knows Assassin's Creed like you uh, How, what did you put down for the tiebreaker in the end I put like 35 million well okay yeah. I'm, I'm glad it didn't have to go to a tiebreaker then <laughs> <laughs> the franchise has sold 140 million copies Jeez. Yeah, I yeah. was way out. Yeah, like 105 million out. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't matter. 10 out of 10. Suck it. Well done. Well done. Thanks. Does that count? Because everyone's got a 10 out of 10 now. Can I count that as my 10 out of 10? Is that allowed? That, yeah, yeah, that is your 10 out of 10. Like, if, if Greg had got 10 out of 10 in his Resident Evil quiz, he'd have called that a 10 out of 10. So you can have this 10 out of 10. Thank you, man. Oh, very proud of myself. Well done. Ah, oh, dear. Right. Just time for out this Wait, oh, I feel so good right now. Oh, the energy <laughs> bursting through my veins. We have Fallout 76, uh, big DLC, Wastelanders, is coming on April the 14th. It's adding in human NPCs. <laughs> Yay. Oh, <laughs> this game. Uh, yeah, that, that is a free update uh, to every version of the game. So it bloody should be, let's be honest. Um, April 15th, uh, Vampire the Masquerade is coming out to Xbox One, and I believe other consoles as well. Um, Blind Men is coming to PS Vita on April the 15th and what? Xbox One Blind Men hmm okay Never I don't know anything no, me neither uh, it's coming to Switch PS4 Linux Mac everything April 16th Save Your Nuts is coming to uh, consoles and PC Drug Dealer Simulator is coming to PC on April the 16th uh, basically the Sean Davies story look out for it it's going to be I tell you what bad rap come on <laughs> I'm a drug user not a drug dealer come on <laughs> That's the one. That's the one. Um, a Fold Apart is coming to PC on April the 17th. I remember reading about that. It looked really nice. So do check that out. And uh, yeah, that's it. It's a kind of a quiet one for big releases. But yeah, indies are ruling the roost. 
this week. So if you're looking for something a little bit smaller, then jump in to some cool-looking games coming out this week. And that's it from four to two, Sean. We did it. Yeah, we did. <laughs> I feel like jumping out now just so you can do the outro solo. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, that is it for this week's episode of Thing Guns Podcast. Thank you all very much indeed for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us over on Twitter at FNGRGNS. All of our individual handles are in the description below. We've got Facebook.com forward slash UK. You can follow us on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash fingerguns.net. If you really like what we do, you can grab us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash fingerguns, all one word, for less than one pound a month. You can support us over there if you really like what we do. That would be lovely. That keeps this podcast alive on all of its platforms that you're listening to it on now. And all that goodness. That would be great. Thanks very much indeed. But until next time, it is goodbye from Mr. Sean Davies. Bye, all you cool cats and kittens. Oh, man. I know what that means now. Yeah. A week later. <laughs> how, are you, how are you feeling? Uh, Have you recovered? I can't. I cannot even begin to describe Tiger King. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it is unreal that it's a true story. But I'm very glad I've seen it. And I want more. Good. I want more. I want everyone to get what they deserve. Because not enough people have so far. There, there, is, there is apparently another episode coming. Ooh. Which is being recorded currently. So. Fantastic. And I believe a case has been reopened. Oh, God. Um, of, uh, of the crazy cats and kittens lady herself. I won't spoil it, but. <laughs> yeah if anyone deserves to fucking go down anyway she's the reason this podcast didn't go to plan today <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's all her fault all her fault she fed Greg to a bunch of tigers <laughs> anyway libel uh, covered his body in oil so there's no trace of it yes, we see you <laughs> we see you Gary Baskin well until next time ladies and gentlemen uh, in tribute to a friend of mine who I lost this week do follow that yellow brick road Good night from the Finger Guns Podcast.